Hey everyone, this is Chris. Um, we're going to start the episode soon, and we're going to do it in our normal, joking, banter-filled way. Uh, but first, we just want to take a moment to talk about what happened this past week, um, which is that on Monday, October 24th, 2022, uh, gunmen entered the Central Visual and Performing Arts Magnet School, the St. Louis Public Schools District, at the corner of Arsenal and Kings Highway. Um, and in an attack, killed two people, 61-year-old teacher Robert Kruska and a 10th grade student, just 15 years old, Alexandria Bell. Um, you know, there's not much we really think we can say at it. You know, I went to work Monday morning thinking it was every other Monday, and then you know, by lunch, the schnooks I go to all the time is on the national news. It's parking lots just full of children who just escaped with their lives and had just lost a teacher and a friend. Um, if you knew either of the victims or you are the parent of a child who goes to school in the St. Louis area, I cannot imagine what life has been like for you since Monday. Um, it's it's just all so senseless and hard to process. And if you are having a difficult time processing this, we're going to leave the links to a few resources in the replies to the tweet announcing this episode. And so, you know, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you're doing well. Uh, enjoy this episode, and may the memories of Barbara Kruska and Alexandria Bell be a blessing. Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your under-the-weather host, Mike Turner. I am uh, took a knock, but I'm going to try to push through. And uh, let's go ahead and meet the unruly bunch. They'll help me carry this very heavy load here. First of all, a man who was not named today as MLS Coach of the Year. It's producer Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? Well, I'm a... Uh... I'm obviously disappointed with the result, but I was just happy to be on the long list. Yeah, did, you actually might have had a longer stint as coach than uh, Liz Truss has uh, had as UKPM uh, this season. Uh, also joining us is a man who is still patiently waiting by his phone in his studio cave for a call-up to the USMNT's October fitness camp. It's Sean Campbell. How are you today, Sean? I'm doing just fantastic, and you know, I by by my looks, it's I've only got about a week left for Greg to give me that call, and my phone's in my hand waiting for it. Call me, Greg. <laughs> for those of you listening Call at home, XOXO. For those of you listening at home, Sean just mimed looking at his wrist to check the time without a watch on. <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. That's just my thing at this point. I go, hey, it's been about mm, I don't know how long while I have my phone in my hand that actually shows me the time. Well, there's an idea for your next tattoo. 
Just get that watch tattooed on there. It's uh, going to say it's a freckle past a hair constantly. <laughs> a tattooed watch is right twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one got me. And also joining us is a man who insists that he can fix the flooded circuit breakers at St. Louis City Stadium with not but some electrical tape. And exactly three and a half paper clips. It's Chris Zimmerman. How are you doing today, Chris? Uh, it's not going so great because I relooked at the drawings. I think I'm going to need four and a half paper clips now. So um, not sure it's going to fit in the budget. We may have to we have to wait a bit. Looks they're like there's no MacGyver award for you this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're back order D like DOD uh, paper clips, <laughs> so they each cost a thousand dollars each. He's yeah, that list. extra quarter of a millimeter of thickness really matters to my uh, little drawings. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, <laughs> could have used that electrical tape to shore up the flooded culvert, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But we are here to talk about St. Louis City SC with some breaking news that actually broke just a couple hours before uh, recording. And... Uh, St. Louis City SC, you can all say sayonara to Centene Stadium and say hello to City Park. Maybe I should shout that and say City Park, as it is, of course, all in capitals. What else would you expect? And all one word, City Park. Yes, today St. Louis City SC announced, uh, or I should say on Tuesday, they announced their partnership with Centene has been, quote, reshaped. Uh, Centene will no longer be the stadium naming rights sponsor. Centene and City will focus their agreement towards community health and wellness initiatives promoting youth, soccer, and fitness. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what all this means. Uh, this it does seem to be a part of Centene's reorganizing their uh, budgets uh, corporate-wide as they it was reported that they were the ones that backed out of this agreement. Um, they had earlier backed out of their uh, new East Coast headquarters. They've been selling off real estate, been looking at their portfolio, it was reported. Um, did make me wonder when it was announced, did the disgruntlement among supporters about some of Centene's support of certain politicians and policies may have played a, play, a, played a part in all this? I don't think so. The timing doesn't make any sense, because mm. yeah. that was all back in, like, May. On that, yeah. And don't really think they were too tore up about it, to be quite honest. Don't think there's a lot of... Uh, you know, crying and missing Centene naming rights of the stadium among certain uh, parts of the supporter group. And City Park is a lot nicer name on that. It does seem as if it is a bit of a placeholder. And certainly the logo that they came out, which was just bicolor red with a blocky structure sort of simulating the uh, overhead view of the stadium, I guess, um, Dennis Moore, the St. Louis City SC Chief Revenue Officer, uh, stated that interest in partnering City SC has never been stronger, which is, of course, the kind of thing you like to or will read in most every press release on that. I don't think there'll be a big problem uh, finding a new naming rights sponsor for the stadium, though. 
Yeah, I'll I'm gonna echo what um Sam from Florida Noise said on Twitter right before um I hopped on to record this, which is um sure maybe they this uh team didn't get rid of this deal uh this sponsorship deal because of that, but with the politicians that sent you support in the past in mind, it's still a good thing. Whether that was the reason or not, it's still good to have that kind of branding out of our midst now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not unhappy that they're gone, certainly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No. Um, I just I just think I like City Park, don't get me wrong, but I do have to say, um, I hope they come up with something a little better. <clears throat> Call it the pit. Excuse me. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but something about it just—it it just sounds like it's—it's it's a parking garage, you know. And and not, Wait, you know how not a stadium. You know how St. Louis gets with names, though, which is that the longer that, um, without an official name, or the more times the name changes, the more the nickname is going to catch on. So, yes, this is true. You know, everyone calls wait, it. Everyone still calls it Riverport. <laughs> Still Riverport. It's still the Keel Center. Maybe still it'll Highway be party. Maybe it'll be Worldwide Technology uh, Field at City Park. Uh, I don't, <laughs> don't want like to do either. the St. Louis FC <laughs> thing again. <laughs> One never knows. Uh, I did see uh, what looked like some taped, kind of oddly taped uh, branding for WWT. When I uh, did the stadium tour uh, this past Saturday, and it also raises the question of, uh, you know, do we get another stadium tour since it's a new stadium? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't toured City Park yet. Where is the supporter section going to be in the same place? <laughs> I need another tour. <laughs> Caleb. Um, so keep in mind, we're recording this um 6.30 on a Tuesday, so just shortly after the time rope. By the time you're listening to this episode, I would bet a few more details about what happened behind the scenes sort of leaked out a bit. Um, but as of right now, we are very in the dark about it. Yeah. Yeah. We got like a tweet and uprush release and that's it. No, there was a like few one tweets. person. Yeah. And a few people digging up like one article about Centene no longer building their uh, headquarters that they were going to build out in North Carolina because of a few lawsuits that they have been dealing with. Yeah, so they're facing that. Had already ticked off some of the supporters group. Um, and, uh, you know, I just don't think uh, City's going to find it a problem. Though with the multi-million dollar construction uh, backup, which was probably, you know, such construction problems on a half a billion dollar project have to be anticipated. Bad timing, though, but that's a hit. Uh, then pulling out with the naming rights, that was a 15-year agreement. Uh, that's money that was budgeted. I still don't know how much that will come down to affect player acquisitions because there's already a salary cap in MLS. Uh, there's doesn't seem to be any plans to get a lot of uh, another big name DP, which the ownership would have to, you know, really write a check for. The rest of it will all be covered with the monies that they expect to come from within MLS because of the the salary cap type structure that MLS runs under. So I don't think that's going to affect the roster build in any way for this team. 
if they were going to be one of the teams that did want to reach out and get a big name and make a marketing splash, then it could have taken a hit, perhaps in their plans uh, to do so. But I don't think it's going to affect this squad. Any other thoughts on this rather shocking and surprising news? This came out of the blue. I mean, I, I like City Park as a name better than Centene mm-hmm. Stadium. Absolutely. And also, yeah. like, the I know that, like, everyone's going to look at the logo and be like, oh, yeah, that's a placeholder. Oh, they came up with that in, like, 10 minutes. I actually, I it's a little plain, but I actually like it because it is, like, it's meant to be, like, a representation of the stadium. It's just that, like, the 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 footprint of the stadium is a square. So yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, only so I much mean, you can do with that. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, minimalism is kind of on its way out, but it's still a big enough force. This might stick around for mm. a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 still matching current design trends. It can always mm. be redrawn. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On that. And, uh, you know, once it, it becomes especially... Emo Stadium, the square beyond compare, you can add a few pepperonis to it. <laughs> no, 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 guys, guys, guys stars you know around the top. <laughs> we missed the absolute low hanging fruit here. It's 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 not the shape of the stadium. You don't need to make it about pizza. It's just a toasted rav. It's the shape of a toasted rav. How did we miss this? It's a profile view. That's why there's the split to show that there's the top piece and the bottom piece. And then there's the meat in the middle. It's a toasted rav. I'm sold. Yeah, and, and that line across the bottom is just where the light is hitting the wrong way and creates a shadow off of the bulge in the middle of the ravioli. I hear what you're saying. I think you're insane, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we all know I'm insane, okay? That's why I joined this podcast. <laughs> um, engineer's comment, that's a cross-section, not a profile. You're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Have we... Have we had a, any any other comments about the stadium renaming? Is this logo in section or plan view? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's in plan view because my computer didn't crash when I tried to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clearly in 2D, so they didn't break out the uh, the heavy-duty computers to render this out. Uh, they had to contract it out to NASA. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of this. We do still have some stadium talk, though. Mason and I did our stadium tour on Saturday, and so did Chris. And we met up there, met a few folks uh, that we know already on that tour. And uh, let me ask you guys, I'll start with uh, Chris. What were your thoughts on the stadium? Um, It's a lot bigger on the inside, which is what most people have been saying. Um. My thought on the tour is, you know, I've spent so many time, so much time looking at renderings of the stadium, watching it slowly be built and, you know, leading up to what we thought was going to be the first game there in September, kind of looking from the outside that finally stepping foot in there really didn't seem real. Uh, it just, I don't know, it didn't, if it, if it even registered with me that I have now been inside the stadium and have like stood where I will probably be standing for every game for the next, I don't know, 20 years of my life, if longer, hopefully. it's It was such a big moment, and it's just kind of, it didn't seem real to me. Yeah, when you step inside, you really feel that f- the pitch being 40, what they say, 40 feet below grade. 
um, yeah. with how you you know you've seen the profile of the stadium and how small it is. You get inside and there's these bank of seats going up. It is just so much larger, and that is kind of stunning right when you walk in. And uh, the wide open spaces and uh, noticing how many bars and food places that are very simply signed very prominently so you can find it uh so there was a lot of thought into it they were telling us such and uh i know mason you didn't believe them why didn't you believe them (laughs) what were your thoughts on the stadium mason um it, it, I'm walking in, I had very similar thoughts to kind of what Chris said about it being a lot larger. It's almost cavernous when you go inside, but oh, like it's what it's maybe like two or three city blocks. It's really not that big, like circumference, but you go inside and because it's so steep, it's a very vertical stadium. Mm. Um, so even like the regular like GA plain Jane seats are they're pretty steep stadium like stadium seating. It there's a lot of space in there, tall ceilings, um, and also the concourses are very wide. So hopefully that will help because there's probably going to be a lot of people in there. Um, yeah, as a, Caleb uh, Leon did our headed up our tour that we took, and um, one thing he said is they put a lot of thought into. You know, you're going to have 22,500 people. You're going to have how many are in the supporters section? You're going to have all those 3,000. Yeah. You've got a strange game to where you've got 45 minutes of action, and then you got 15, 20 minutes to get something to drink, go to the bathroom, grab something to eat, and then get back for another 45 minutes of action. So they wanted to make sure that they had plenty of opportunities and spaces for people not to spend, miss a lot of game time. Uh, standing in line and uh, adding in the fact you can order ahead the marketplace system where you can pick it up hopefully uh, it all plays out as envisioned Mm. looking forward to that first game yeah if it works out the way that they're planning on which is a bit of an if when it comes to anything with that many virtual components to it it's just genius and it's going to work so well so I really hope this works as intended because if so, they have hit the jackpot and I can see people all over copying it. But while the stadium does feel nice and wide and open in a lot of places, there's also a few narrow spots with some low hanging beams, um, which is part of just what keeps 120 every seat within 120 feet of field level. And on my tour, a certain person who I'm pretty sure is listening right now did reach up and do pull ups on every single uh, I beam he could. <laughs> <laughs> I I consider which was a lot of them. a bunch of the beams. Yeah, um, you got to do the thing you do in middle school after you hit your growth spurt, and you can hit the exit sign. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Or about. you try to jump and um, hit the top of the door frame every every time you go through a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show that you um, have grown to impress the girls, obviously, <laughs> obviously, which obviously worked time. out wonders oh, yeah. for me. <laughs> um, but no, it, on the um, I think on the like the west side, um, that like west concourse, um, they have like some like suites or boxes or something over there, and then the stairs, um, and then that's also where the loges are. It's pretty tight through there. Um, well, that's not where supporters are going to be walking through. There's another mm-hmm. roundabout path that um, most people will take, but it's just that they were working th- working in that hallway when we were touring. 
But um, walking through those those um, press boxes, there were some very, very comfortable looking chairs that I know I will never sit in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Chris, are you ever yes. actually going to be seated in this stadium or are you going to be standing the entirety of your time there? Um, I hope I don't sit down in that stadium for at least 20 years. <laughs> Wait until you pass I... the drumsticks off to somebody else. Yeah. Once my shoulders have turned to dust, then maybe my butt will touch seat. <laughs> uh, one thing uh, Caleb did point out is um, as we came in through the northeast exit off of uh, Lufus Plaza, uh, we walked up uh, down the uh, south side uh, of the field and come across to where the midfield stripe is and across from us is the tunnel where the players will come out of. And he's pointing out how the visiting bench will be off to the right as you look at towards it so that as they prepare, they'll have that wall of supporters yelling and screaming at them uh, the whole time they're trying to warm up from the time they walk into the stadium. An engineering solution to how do we heckle the away team. <laughs> I, I myself took it as a personal challenge. <laughs> mm. And I hope everyone on the tour did. That just gives a lot of time and a lot of pressure to come up with some pretty creative pregame chance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it doesn't even need to be chance. You could literally just pick out one guy you know, and, and you you know something about him. You could just focus in on just that one guy. Go after him. Yeah. Oh, especially because it goes right down to pitch level. <laughs> <laughs> my my goal yeah, is to get a player right down to, pitch to point level. me out and cuss at me because I have in fact hit a nerve. During during <laughs> warmups, just like I have seen it happen multiple times in the cauldron, uh, the supporter section is steep. I was trying to imagine my uh, old knees negotiating down those steps, uh, holding a beer and something to eat, trying to get back, uh, trying to get to where I'm going to be. I might take a seat nearer the top, set it down near the bottom, but the bottom level is boy, that's right near right like pitch level they're really the goalkeeper the goalkeepers for the other team when they're on their end they're going to hear every word the whole game it, if, if you go all the way down it is there is a gate at the bottom that just goes on right, right on the yeah. pitch. It, it is level grade and the canopy does appear as if it's going to make it very loud in there the steepness of the seats the wall for the supporter section it should be very very loud in there Hopefully nobody tried to get a nice quiet spot with their cushy seats because they're not going to be satisfied. What it, what they it, should be, <laughs> but Caleb said that when he was doing it for uh, other like GA um, season ticket holders that like they would ask like where can we sit for a quiet experience and he said like the roof of Maggie O'Brien's <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not wrong. He said that yeah. or Bush Stadium those were his two offers yeah. you might be yeah. able to, you might be able to get a quiet a quiet uh, view of the game if you you know manage to be able to get stuck on the Ferris wheel at Union Station for the entirety <laughs> of the match <laughs> maybe that's where they should put the the uh, traveling supporters <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be amazing i will say in between um you know, I make, I make the mistake of reading internet comments sometimes, which is not good for me. But in between uh, Facebook us? and Reddit, I've seen a lot of comments of people complaining about, um, like, oh, man, I just want to sit down and relax and watch the game. 
I don't want to deal with all these craziness. I hate that they aren't catering to the fans who just want to relax. And well, I don't want to be so callous. Yeah, I don't want to be so callous as to say, wah, too bad. But also, no, that's, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I mean, like, you can just sit in your seat and watch the game in GA. You can't in the supporter section, but you knew that going in. If you mm. didn't, well, sorry. But yeah, the, the seats are bolted up. You cannot unlock, unlock them during a game. But in GA, there's nothing stopping you from just sitting and watching the game. We're going to be loud. It's a loud stadium. But mm. if you want it quiet, then yeah, stay home. But you can just sit there and watch. Nobody's saying you have to all be standing up and cheering and everything. Or you can go to Bush Stadium. <laughs> you know, baseball's got some quiet times. That's a place to get a nice, quiet experience at times. Some it's quiet the nature times. of the sport. You come to a soccer match. No, people are going to be standing, mm-hmm. jumping, yelling, shouting, chanting. The entirety of the game, the drums will be pounding. Uh, they, flags will be waved. That's what goes on. That's the nature of the experience. And that's what it's going to be. Any other thoughts on the stadium tour? Um. Uh, oh, I liked that um that bar that they had at that northeast corner, and um, they also had a couple. I think all the bars along the east side they said would vend out to Lufuse as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're mm-hmm. not gonna be like tailgating, then you can like hang out pregame there as well. Which if you're not tailgating, why not? But no, to each their own. Yeah. I mean, I think from the team perspective, that's a good place, good idea to do, which is your um, maybe people who want to hang out before the game but aren't really into the whole SG scene have a spot to go, um, hang out before mm-hmm. the gates open, spend money that goes to the club. You know, from the team perspective, I yeah. get it. And also, considering there isn't a giant surface slot nearby that makes, you know, the tailgating spot obvious, might be a good thing for the SGs, too. Yeah, it is. It's a very smart decision from the club. Yep. I agree. And uh, one other thing I got really excited about, somewhere uh, tucked behind the uh, the supporters section, they had a, you know, a little bar, they had a little food stall, and they had a sign hanging up that said, Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> and that, that caught my attention. I like me some Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> my cardiologist doesn't like that I like them, but, you know, he, he, he doesn't have tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he, he doesn't, doesn't know won't, hurt, won't him. hurt him. Jinx, you owe <laughs> me a beer. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that was great. Uh, when we were done, we went over the sh- I, we went over the Schlafly uh, tap room. Chris was going getting ready to take his. He met us there. We got done with ours, and I saw a guy coming in, and uh, he asked me, "Oh yeah, looks good." I go, "I got, just got done with the tour." He goes, "Oh yeah, was it cool?" I go. Yes, it was very cool. And that's how I summed up the stadium. It was much cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah, I just hope maybe whenever the first game there is, I hope that by the end of that, it feels real. I don't think until then it will. Yeah. yeah. It was very strange being in there empty. Um, It's obviously still under construction, obviously all that, but seeing it like like that, it was... Very eerie, but you could see it start to take shape. Yeah. It'll be so exciting doing the march in there. Uh, Boy, that supporter section's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. 
Uh, luckily, it's open on at both ends. Maybe they'll get a breeze that can come through there, cool us down a little bit. So, yeah, my silly hat's not looking so silly when I look at those uh, games in July and August. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, that wasn't all that was revealed by St. Louis City SC. The club also put out a new initiative uh, that is available through their app on your phone, the City app. And it's called My City Plus. And to give us a rundown on that is Mason. Yeah, so we had the announcement for My City Plus earlier this week, maybe a little later last week. I don't even remember exactly. But, um, so what this is, is it's a $50 a year subscription service that the club announced alongside with the news that they had sold out of the season tickets for the 2023 season, which is not surprising, but um, it's a lot of season tickets that they've sold. Mm. Um, so with My City Plus, uh, if you are a season ticket holder, you are automatically enrolled into the program. So you get all of its benefits with the exception of, you know, one uh, for no extra cost. It's included with your ticket. And if you placed a deposit down for season tickets and you did not get them, um, you can roll your deposit over to pay for the fee for a year of My City Plus, which you will probably want to do because um, one of the big perks for My City Plus is um, you are in the wait list for season tickets. So um, this is essentially it's a season ticket wait list with incentives is kind of how I am interpreting it. Um, it's in it's integrated through your through the STL City app, which I am not going to speak on here. <laughs> but um, so if you are um, a season ticket holder or not, um, you also get priority access to single game tickets um, for um, I, I'm assuming for like if you want to if you're a season ticket holder and you want to bring somebody who's not, um, but also for um, if the stadium or the club is hosting outside events. So U.S. Open Cup games, CCL, Leagues Cup, um, international friendlies, possibly. Um, there will also be priority access for new merchandise and also priority access for um, to purchase a kit when that's announced, which that was specifically mentioned in the press release for Mighty City Plus. So we're thinking that the kit is coming soon. So I, after reading this announcement, I remembered, I kind of did a little bit of digging because I was curious. So I went back and looked at the timeline for when Charlotte released their kit last year, which I know we don't like doing things like Charlotte did, but I looked at it anyway. And so the, they officially unveiled their kit November, December 8th or so of last year in time for people to buy it as a gift for the holidays, which makes sense. And, you know, with no proof whatsoever, just speculation, I think that that is what City will do because it makes the most sense from a financial point to have the kit available to buy before the holidays. But <laughs> a little fun story from when Charlotte unveiled their kit, it was leaked about a month before by just winding up on the rack at a Dick's Sporting Goods. 
I remember this. <laughs> um, like a month to the day, basically, before Charlotte officially announced their kits, which leads me to think that like the manager of the store was given a box and told, okay, don't put this on display until December 8th. And he goes, November 8th, got it. And so with that in mind, it is as of today, October 25th. Do you think that there is somewhere or multiple places around the St. Louis area where there is in a box somewhere a version of the kit? You know, like, I do, as we're speaking, I do, but I, I really don't want to say on this publicly available podcast where I think <laughs> those are because I don't want our listeners to start going to um, a story yeah. that starts with S and has an M in its name every day, checking every rack and then leaving empty handed mm. in, in the hopes of getting a picture of a leaked kit. Dude. You've said a lot. I sh- I clarify. I have heard nothing. I know nothing. But I'm just looking at what happened with Charlotte and thinking it might be about. I don't know. And just as another side note, especially with larger um, teams like this, it is so hard now to get a product to market without it leaking in some way or another. Like the team identity, we came really, really close, but like it still leaked about an hour before the official announcement. So all the World Cup kits and everything. I I don't know. It seems like we are officially or unofficially pretty soon gonna find out what the kick looks like. And I I just can't wait. Yeah. I will say this, I think uh but from my experience as a retail worker, um I think the way that uh, it's going to get leaked is someone will get a picture of it because they have been it's someone within the organization that gets a picture of the kit. They're not actually going to see the kit. They're going to see a picture of it. And then the pictures, they're going to share it to somebody being like, don't tell anybody. And then that's going to leak out that way. Mm -hmm. Just because I know you can um, they can just it happened with the Stanley Cup merchandise in my experience that, you know, All of that got produced and put out overnight as shipments to stores and they could just potentially wait to send any of the merchandise out to stores until it's right before it happens to say, do not put this out until like for, for this amount of time, do not even open this box for a certain amount of time. And if you have a couple of days, it's a lot less likely Mm -hmm. that it hits the floor before the announcement's made. Yeah. I mean, shipping it out to the, that a floor manager can make a mistake and leak the kit put it out for sale, presumably a whole month out. That's not a smart way to go about it. But also thinking back again um, with the U.S. men's national team World Cup jersey this year, there was that leak where um, the pictures were going up online and everyone went, oh my God, I hope this isn't it. And then about two days later, there was a picture of it on the racket. Once again, a Dick's Sporting Goods. (laughs) What kind of rackets are they running at Dick's? (laughs) Um, my thinking though is, is that like, you know, ideally, right, is kind of what Sean was saying is that like you ship them out like days before street date, before mm-hmm. announcement date. But, um, that's tricky to pull off even when your supply chains are working optimally and ours are not right now. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. And with a lot of the Stanley Cup merch, you could, you know, it was a screen printed t shirt. I remember when they won the Stanley Cup, there was news reports like, here's a video of them printing these t-shirts on the floor. You can't do that with a kit with like 30 different authentication figures like Adidas does. There's also um, the thing with that is that they also print Stanley Cup winner shirts 
for whoever loses. <laughs> they print both true. winner. They print both batches for both teams. That's why you see like um because they they just end up getting like dumped in the third world after they mm-hmm. don't sell. So that's why you will sometimes see like photos of like people in Africa like wearing like shirts that say like you know 2019 Boston Brew and Stanley Cup winner. <laughs> um which uh it's a real healthy economic system we've got here but oh yeah fantastic um yeah anyway um let's yeah, roll so on I'm... with the rest of the city plus benefits i think we yeah. i think we've beaten this dead horse <laughs> <Yeah>. to death <laughs> sorry can you tell i'm excited about this because i i really am <laughs> yeah well that does pretty much wrap up the benefits for now but this is kind of the brainchild of jeremy tripp who's the director of digital experience for the club um, and friend of the show as well. Um, Jeremy, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Um, Mm. This is this was his baby. And um, he said um, on Twitter that he wants there to be more for this because right now it's like being rolled out as like it's a waiting list with benefits. Right. Which is nice. But. How do you keep that going and incentivize people to keep keep up with it after people start filtering through the waiting list? And um, I'm I'm very hopeful to see what Jeremy can come up with because um, it's uh, it's not a bad idea. I mean, one way I, I can think of that they could, you know, keep this rolling is uh in in addition to putting you on the wait list so that it can keep a constant wait list so that as people decide they don't want to be season ticket holders which i think you need to rethink your decision multiple times before you say no i don't want to be but um a way to keep people around jeremy if you're listening and i'm sure you've probably already thought of this is like maybe find some way to offer discounts on merchandise at the at the store at the stadium find ways to get people to come to games give them little bitty discounts here and there just to be like hey you know it's it's a little extra perk and if you buy a certain amount of stuff you've made your money back and you were gonna buy that stuff anyway or maybe a concessions coupon or something like that Things like discounts that. Discounts are very much store are yes. part of the deal. <laughs> discounts what? on they already announced discount. They they've already announced the discounts at the store is part of it, or at least they say on select items. I don't right. know if that means hmm. everything but kits, or if it means like a small selection. I would hope it means like basically everything. Right, right. But, but I would think kit. that you know the more they can expand that discount. Or mm-hmm. just the more th- times they offer a discount, even if it's on a select amount of stuff, the more people are going to want it. Because it's like, okay, if I spend this $50 on this subscription, I'll get a discount on this, 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 and this. It's all small, but it adds up quickly. And especially if it's to try to get people to come to games as well. Mm-hmm. If you give them a discount on food or on beer, even if it's like, hey, here's two dollars off a beer or a dollar off a beer every time you come to the game or something like that it will definitely incentivize people because i know cost of concessions and merchandise for some people can be kind not prohibitive mm-hmm. but it's like um eh, they they rethink buying that concession or buying that merchandise because like eh, it's a little bit out of my price range and speaking for myself only here but uh yeah price of concessions has been prohibitive in the past <laughs> and so mm-hmm. is cost so is price of merchandise <laughs> Yeah. And I'll admit, um, I'm a bit split when it comes to the priority access to tickets thing. Because on the one hand, A, I mean, good for me. I'm a season ticket holder. I have that benefit. Um, And I think it also 
you know, at least early on, make sure the people that can make it to games, the people who really, really want to be there. It's not the people who are like, oh, okay, this seems like a cool thing to go to. Like the first, at least for half of the first season, is going to be soccer fans for the most part. But then I hope it doesn't turn into being able to go to the game, become to be exclusive and kind of an in and out club where you know, either you're a season ticket holder or you're friends with a season ticket holder. I hope that, you know, people who may not know anyone may not have the money to spend an extra $50 to the ability to buy tickets. I know there's a lot more to the package than that, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope yeah, that no, I, they we, are we still want to able be more to get of a, a, an opening of, of the gates to fans to come to the yeah. game and less of a road bump for people trying to get to games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know to an extent, this part of this just does kind of die whenever the MLS comes through. But I really hope that someone who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of money but has a kid who just loves soccer is still able to bring their kids to the game. Maybe that's not going to happen so much the first season, just the way this time works. But I really hope eventually that part of the game doesn't doesn't die with all that they're yeah uh, I was, doing. I was really worried about that when um, before people started kind of talking about pricing and stuff like that because mm. it's um, just kind of the way things go. But um, I've, from what I've seen, it looks like kind of like quote unquote nosebleed seats are not insanely expensive. Um, yeah. And also you and me, Chris, we can speak to this. Those are still going to be good seats um, mm-hmm. because of the way that the stadium's laid out. You're going to have a very good pitch or view of the pitch, even from up on the, the upper bowl. Yeah. Um, like it's not perfectly one to one, but the best seats I had all season this past year with city two was, being in the upper deck in Columbus like that was the best view of the game I had all season well yeah because you weren't turned around <laughs> I, yeah okay I'm there. <laughs> I was um, I was facing sideways I could only see half the field but still <laughs> no but no I, I do get you and also like because there's like so like like cantilevered over um and like you're you're like kind of like bearing down on it almost when you're up above mm-hmm. it um you are low enough for the people below you to do pull-ups. Yeah. Um, I I think that, like, even up in, like, those cheapo seats, which I saw were, like, they're pretty reasonable. It's, like, 20 bucks or so was, like, mm-hmm. the like the per-ticket kind of workout fee for season ticket holders who bought those cheap seats, I think. With, like, you know, fees and stuff, it's, it'll, they'll probably be a little, like, what, like, 30, 35 dollars, but, like, yeah, and it's kind of upper bowl Cardinals tickets range. It's not awful. Yeah, that's about what I paid like top level behind home plates Memorial Day weekend when my friend came to visit. Yeah, I mean to be fair, one last note on these and that was Yachty Tumblr Day too. Prices. So those tickets was, were expensive. I did look into prices when they were doing the uh, scarf and quote unquote Cardinals City jersey. Um, oh yeah, the one I gave if up. You got right away. if you got tickets up in three sixty nine, which is I, I think that's nice. the section. Uh, yeah, no, right, nice. Um, third deck, uh, down the third baseline in foul territory, two sections over, and one one step up from Big Mac Land. Uh, it was like forty bucks for the theme ticket on the event night, which would have gotten you mm. or no, 
it was $50 for the theme ticket and the event night, which got you admission to the game, got you the jersey and the scarf. But if you went to the early game that day, it was only $30, and that got you the ticket and the scarf. So that's what I was more excited for. But I didn't end up making it to that game, but that's you hear there. But it's it's about proper pricing for upper upper deck tickets. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough talking about Cardinals for ticket prices. <laughs> um, we we got uh, Academy scores. Um, and before we get into the scores, I want to say I noticed something very interesting. Because um, I, uh, like a fool, had not previously subscribed to the St. Louis City YouTube channel. Um, but I did because I was like, eh, I guess for like, quote unquote work. I'm going to have to watch this like, you know, city food series. Um, um, and then I was noticing in my YouTube feed, there were live streams for these, some of these Academy games. And also, Oh, Oh, that's exciting. When Mike and I, who Mike has been a very early sub, he is, uh, he's no longer with us. Um, he, he's, so he's still alive. He's still alive. He just took an injury. <laughs> yeah, no, and so we're playing insane. down a man. Mike is still alive, everybody. I, I don't want to freak anyone out. He's okay. He did not just die. Brought, he did not die in the last 20 minutes, and we're still recording. <laughs> but no, so Mike did not die in the last 20 minutes, and we just kept recording while he was just sitting in the chair. I'm not weekends at Bernie's. <laughs> weekend at Bernie's him. Um, but when we were driving into for our stadium tour, I saw that there were some people in a closed off lane coming up off of 40 um, and they had their cameras out and you it was a view of the, the training pitch. And I didn't know there were Academy games because it's very hard to keep track of the Academy schedule. Um, but um, uh, so I thought it was maybe training or something or I thought maybe it's an Academy game. I don't know which one, but um. I guess somebody from the club was or some people from the club were streaming the games, I think from their phone, but there are live streams of some of these games and they are archived on the St. Louis City YouTube channel. If you want to watch them, I have not watched them yet. I only have the scores, but here are the scores on the 22nd, the U-17s win five to three over Minnesota United. U15s draw Minnesota 1-1. U16s draw San Antonio FC 3-3. And then over in the UPSL, the U21s win 5-0 over Metro Louisville. So Louisville, we're coming for you. Um, and then on, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the 23rd, we got uh, the U17s, 16s, and 15s all in action, all against Shattuck St. Mary's, and they all win 3-1. So what you're saying is next time we play Shattuck St. Mary's, we have to start chanting Trace out. Trace out. Yeah, it's Trace out. Also, going back to Shattuck St. Mary's Derby, can we start calling our uh, Academy games against Louisville's Academy teams um, the Prince's Cup? <laughs> well, yeah. Because Metro Louisville is not actually a Louisville City Academy. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, it doesn't fair. matter. Doesn't That's matter. It, it's um, Louisville, guilt by association. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, although we can retroactively call that preseason game. 
the prince's cup, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. What else we got? Oh, yeah. So coming up this weekend uh, for the Luligans, we've got the Halloween slash full kit wanker party still going on at second shift at 7 p.m. on Saturday, right? I think. Yeah. You don't have the time in the show I can notes look, because we're all I can stupid. look real quick. I can <laughs> look real quick. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. We also we said it last week. We're stupid. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> the warden has left and now the prisoners have run. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mike would have yeah. told us to get on topic several times this past <laughs> hour that he's been yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, 7 p.m. on the 29th. Yeah, at second shift. Um. So come out there. I know that... Uh, Mike and myself are planning to be there. Um, I don't know I'll about there. you guys. You're coming, am, Chris? Okay. I am doing my there, damnedest my, uh... to get there. I am trying to currently secure um, travel to and from. We'll see. So show <laughs> up and, and, and see if I'm there. It'll be a nice surprise. If I'm not there, then... Yeah. Well, what, Sounds what are like you at least three-fourths of us will be there. At <laughs> yeah. least three-fourths of us will be there, so... Um, I'll be wearing a a game worn jersey from St. Louis Soccer History. I'll leave it at that. Ooh, slow Slow boat. If you've been to enough like City Two games, you know which one I'm talking about anyway. But little little fun drop. Well, all right. Well, keep an eye out for that. Um, and I think, unless anyone else has anything to say, I think that's all we've got for the club. That's yeah. all we've got in the club. It's yeah. you know, it's like an hour hour of actual recording. Yeah, the season ends. We think, man, where are we going to have to talk about? The answer is a lot. <laughs> well, there's oh, there's always the name of the goddamn about. stadium on us. We have, there's we have always more to talk about to talk now about than we did club. during the City Two season. <laughs> oh, I man. guess that makes sense. They're ramping up to like the club launch, but like, wow. Yeah. Well. Uh, all right, Sean, you're going to tell us about the MLS. Yes, we have MLS news, everybody. We've got playoffs. We've got awards. We've got a little bit of coaching news. Um, that's pretty surprising. And then uh, we also have a little bit of USMNT that I'm going to bring in because, well, I'll, I'll tell you about it in just a second. Um, but first, we've got the year-end awards. We have announced... It has been announced that Diego Almada wins Newcomer of the Year with Cucho Hernandez very closely behind, 1% behind in the total vote. And I I think that's an absolutely great choice for Almada. And I, I think Cucho would have been a better newcomer. But, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I think Cucho had a much bigger impact, especially on a team that needed it more. Well, eh, Atlanta kind of needed him just as much. So. But, yeah. you know, a fair choice. If if I was on MLS's BBWAA and voted on this, I would have picked Cucho. But Tiago Almada is not a bad pick by any stretch. Absolutely not. Um, we, we're going from that to a another award that we've talked about at length on this podcast. Coach of the Year has finally been announced, everybody. And uh, by a one per... Or, sorry, not one percent... Point one percent margin. Jim Curtin edges out Wilford Nancy for winner of Coach of the Year. The media overwhelmingly voted for Nancy, but the GMs and the players just barely outweighed that. And 
it's it's a good call. I'm not going to lie. I think I still think that Wilford Nancy did a lot more for Montreal than Jim Curtin has done for Philadelphia. But if they don't have Jim Curtin, I don't know if the union are going as deep in the playoffs as they are this year. Um, it's it's but, really hard to say, right? Because without Wilfred Nancy, Montreal would, probably would not have made the playoffs at all. But Montreal got knocked out. Philadelphia is still there. This is true. Do, 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 but this do, 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 is supposed do. to be on regular season. This is supposed to be spaced on regular season, not on playoff but, performance. But we, but we know it's not. <laughs> I well, no. These well, votes. Voted I think these votes were before. supposed to have been cast before playoffs started. It's they're just now announcing. Oh, it. okay. So unlike unlike baseball awards, uh, <laughs> they actually don't figure in uh, playoff exactly. performance. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, the media overwhelmingly thought that Nancy deserved it, and then the GMs and players thought that. Curtin had, had had earned it. Either way, it was a close race. Both were very good decisions. Um, interesting twist here, though. Rumor has it that uh, the Columbus crew are in talks of trying to steal Wilfred Nancy away and replace the the, the roller coaster that was Caleb Porter. And honestly, they're going to have to send a lot Montreal's way to try to steal him away. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to give up Wilfred Nancy, but also if I was if I was the crew, I'd be looking at him like that's our guy. So yeah, yeah. But if if the crew were to offer, say, a Walker Zimmerman, I'd say that might be ample compensation. But that's it's not going to happen. You don't give well, players <laughs> to get a coach. It's just straight money at that point. Yeah. Although it would be very interesting for the crew to offer Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> be like, yeah, we'll give you Nashville's Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> it, it's 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 never going to happen. But moving along, we have a couple more awards to announce. Um, Jacob Glesnez wins Defender of the Year. And Andre Blake wins Keeper of the Year. And I think that this is really important because this really shows just how strong of a backside, a back end that Philly has had all season long. They had that they had it last year as well. They've had a stout defense. They really suppress teams in the attack and and keep the goals out of the back of the net. Um Andre Blake was an squats. almost what'd you say? They've been doing their squats. <laughs> oh yeah, they be doing their squats. <laughs> but Andre Blake was an almost unanimous decision. It wasn't even close I, for that yeah. race. I think he won something by like <laughs> he won over half the vote. Who it else was, would you have picked? Uh, it's Andre Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Blake, yes. Except maybe maybe Maxime Cripo. But he was not in the top three. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, as far as Defender of the Year goes, Glesnez was his his closest competitor was his teammate, Kai Wagner. And I, I think, honestly, it was going to be a toss up between the two of them all year anyway. Uh, Glesnez has put 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 balls in the back of the net. I almost said pucks. I've been watching too much hockey lately. Um, <laughs> pucks on net. <laughs> pucks on net. Uh, Kai Wagner has also done great from the wing. Um, absolutely great job. Absolutely wonderful performance by the back line of, of, of Philly and Andre Blake backstopping yet another wonderful team for them. So these awards are very well deserved. Um, we also get into the fan voted awards for the goal of the year and save of the year. And Joseph Martinez actually gets goal of the year for his absolutely glorious bicycle kick on October the 1st. And if you have not seen this goal, you need to go look at it. It is 
it's it's good. It's really good. The only thing I think that could have been picked over a bike would have been that that goal. Oh, like the the uh, like outside of the like the attack the defending uh, or the attacking half of uh, and then all yes. the way. Oh yeah, because yes, they ship, yes. uh, scored Columbus, from their own right? half. From their own half, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was against Columbus, I think. That uh, I that do not have, have that pick, voting stat pulled up, but yes, it was. It, 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 there were very few options for this one. Uh, several that were almost there, but not quite. But this was a great option, well deserved. Uh, save of the year goes to Pedro Galese. Um, absolutely glorious. Full stretch, fingertip save uh, back in July on the 17th against Atlanta United. Uh, and he just he just goes full stretch, top cheese, and just hits that ball just wide in net. And it's it doesn't get more goalie than that, honestly. It's just it, that ball was t- just pointed in that side netting. And he's like, nope, get out of here. Absolutely glorious. Well done. Once again, if this was including the postseason, I would have to nominate the double doink. The double doink. That's not a save, though. That's you, not well, a you, save, you, though, you, Mason. You, Mason, you that's nominate, not a save. I would nominate will, the goalpost. The, <laughs> no. yeah, let's pull a Tennessee, bring the goalposts to the yeah. ceremony, yeah. <laughs> the, give them the trophy. The, the, the goalposts from City Field. They, they, they win goal. Yeah. <laughs> they win same of the year for the double doink. <laughs> Wrong. Anyway, uh, we've got a little bit more off-pitch news uh, before we get into playoff results. Um, there have been severe talks, severe, serious talks between Houston and Ben Olsen. It looks like they're getting really serious on, on wanting Ben Olsen to be their new coach. Uh, I think they're taking this term of MLS coaching carousel a bit literally here. Um, just a few notes on Houston. They have made the playoffs one time since 2013, haven't had a manager last more than a hundred games. And I, I just I want to know, will this be any different? Because uh, in his time as coach for uh, DC United, Ben Olsen had a losing record by about 20 or 30 matches lost more than he won. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to change much in Houston if they bring him in, unless this is a complete rebuild and complete stylistic change for them. Which I don't think they need to do just yet. Just announced as a coach for the Houston Dynamo, Liz Truss. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> she won't last more. She won't even last the offseason. Yeah. Uh, she's just going to have the owner die while she's coached and then get fired shortly afterwards. Yeah. And, and also force Houston to move to Winnipeg <laughs> after the taking their have... financials. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Any chance we get a dig at that England and the and the UK, we take right. Just like we take mm. any chance we can dig at the the printer paper banner. Yes, I like it. Man, you forced that one so hard, but that just proves your point. Yeah, it, I mean that's why I'm not. That's I, I, did I say Mason? That was a bad joke. Stop it. Never say that again. No, I let him have it. <laughs> and also, like the US is a failed state, but the UK is more of a failed state, so we have yeah. to get our win somewhere. <laughs> The UK is really funny about it. That's the thing. <laughs> anyway, Are you going to nationalize sausages. <laughs> let's get it back to soccer here. Um, 
we have we have some roster options starting to roll in, whether they've been accepted or declined. Um, that's we'll get over go over that a little bit more once we start getting into expansion draft and also free agency and like trade window next month in the next week or two. Um, but I just I just need to note um a couple of key names that are out of contract and have had their options declined. <clears throat> St. Louis and Will Bruin option declined. Out of contract, Jimmy Madronda. Freddie Montero's in discussions, but he's also technically out of contract. Those are some three big names coming out of Seattle. Then you also have to worry about the fact that uh, there are also a ton of players from Vancouver, from Charlotte, from Portland, including the fact that they're not keeping Van Rankin uh, or Fochive and Bodily have not been optioned. Um there's players from Toronto, including but not limited to Jonathan Osorio. There's players from the Revolution that are not being optioned, and they're out of contract, including Ismail Tajuri Stradi. Interesting. Big names will continue to roll out, and that will continue to become more and more news. Uh, but again, we will go over that a little bit more in depth, I'm sure, once we get into our proper roster build episode. Do you think Will Bruin would take a hometown discount? I think Will Bruin would absolutely take the Pat Maroon route, take the hometown discount, mm. and lead us to a championship. Because you said that Will Bruin did not have his contract picked up, his option. And I'm like, huh. Will Bruin. Will Bruin is a fantastic forward and attacking player, and I think he was absolutely wasted in Seattle because they did not use him as much as they he really just, should have. He just sat on the bench. It, yeah, he he was on the bench for so long, and he really should have been playing. But when you have that cluster, that clogged of an attack of wonderful attacking players in Seattle, you really can't play him all that much. Yeah, they they yeah. didn't have room for him, but he's. I saw for his sake he so fished the system. Yeah, there's that. Oh, absolutely. I I hope so, too, if they pick him up. But uh, I just want to say that uh, people that are in the last year of their contract for Seattle also include Jomo and Christian Roldan. So we could also get a couple of men's national team veterans on our squad if we really wanted to. Uh, Freddie Montero is also out of contract. Eh, those are those are interesting, but they don't interest me as much as Will Bruin because, yeah, it's really like, would Will Bruin take a hometown discount to come here and get playing time? Because I think that if he would be willing to do that, I could see him come in here. I would love to see Will Bruin in a city jersey. All right. Well, unless y'all have any other thoughts, that's about all I've got for off pitch news. We can get to a little bit of playoff news. Um, uh, we have yeah, our, <laughs> I want to talk about on pitch. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. We've got our conference final. We're going to actually set. talk about soccer on the soccer podcast. It is wild, right? God forbid we talk about the actual <sighs> game. Um, well, what, we have, what is the soccer you speak of? Do not speak to me in tongues. <laughs> it's almost as if it's not even in the name of the podcast or anything. <laughs> oh, wait, what is a podcast? Explain it to me now. <laughs> I do not Mason, know. <laughs> Mason, we've we, we've been over this. It's the thing that you do once a week with me and Mike and Chris. 
This is why we need Mike here. I cannot be trusted with this. Exactly. This is why I need to lead the show when Mike's not here. I'm just kidding. But anyway, we have our final set for our conferences. And in the East, we get a nice rematch of last year's final. NYCFC is once again going to Philly and has to try to get past the stout defense of the Union. And I'm not sure they're going to get past that this time. No, I'm not sure either. But also, why the f*** is NYCFC good now? Um, I don't know what it is. I want to say that it just took a couple weeks to gel after they brought in their interim head coach after losing their head coach and Tati Castellanos. They managed to hold their place in the playoffs just barely and then turn it on at the right time, just kind of like a certain team in uh, 2019 that plays on the white cold stuff and not on the green warm stuff. But <laughs> that's just another. But yeah, that, that, is, that doesn't mean anything. I'm not calling for a repeat <laughs> or anything because I don't believe in this NYCFC, NYCFC side. I think the pitches are going to collapse. I don't think they're going to be able to get through the defense that Philly has put up. Because again, in case you didn't pay attention the last like 20 minutes, uh, they have Defender of the Year, Backup Defender of the Year, Keeper of the Year. Their defense is going to stop you. And if you don't have the incisiveness or the finishing ability of Tati Castellanos, I don't think you can get around that. I don't think anyone in the East had a chance to stop the steamroller that is Philadelphia, except for maybe the absolute chaoticness that was Cincy, and they barely lost that match. Yeah, Cincy gave him a fight. Since he probably gave them the hardest fight they're going to have. And I think that the Union are going to take this one and go to the final. And I think this might be their year. But that all depends on who comes out of the West. Because in the West, we have those two teams that have been fighting for that top spot. And also technically for Supporters Shield all season in Austin going to L.A. to play LAFC. I We have to talk about this NYC this or this LAFC game. The second oh, half, absolutely. especially. My God. Did you guys watch the end of El Trafico? I did not get to watch El Trafico. I did. I was, I was watching the whole game. I was, like, cleaning my apartment for people to come over on Thursday night. And, like, I finished mopping in about the 85th minute. So I saw the last about 10 minutes and that goal, which was... Oh, I unfortunately had I unfortunately had a Mason. prior engagement and was not able to watch this game. But Mason, tell us about it, please. Yeah, I want to set the stage here real quick. So, uh, Buanga scores in the 23rd minute. Grandseer scores in the 44th. We go into halftime, tied 1-1. Buanga gets a brace in the 80th. And so... It looks like LAFC is going to put this one pretty much to bed. Then then the Galaxy bring on Johelvik and it gets wild. He comes on on the 84th, scores in the 85th. Oh, yeah. And and so now we're going to extra time because the Galaxy just tied it up right at the end. This is it. It's happening. Arango scores 90th plus third. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I could not believe it. This was such a good. This is why I love El Trafico. It's so good. 
scores the goal and then immediately turns and runs into runs the into the stands and starts making out with his girlfriend <laughs> wife girlfriend i don't know <laughs> either way whatever this is, is, this, is amazing this kind of atmosphere is exactly what you want out of any sort of derby game in the playoffs because it's heated it's back and forth and every you never know what to expect and that's exactly what you want in any Derby game, first of all. But in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that is next level drama. Winning at the death. Not putting it to PKs, not going to extra time, but at the death. Oh, yeah. That is just, oh, chef's kiss. Mwah. There is something else that could become important moving forward, though, which is it looks like Carlos Vela might have took a knock. He came off in the 78th and looked very unhappy that he had to do so. So I think that he, hopefully it was just like something niggling him and he couldn't finish that game. He was not happy, but he was also like, I got to come off. Well, we will have to see how that turns out. Um, After another exciting Derby game in, in Texas, Austin takes that one and has proven that the Q2 is an absolute fortress for Los Verdes. And I, I, I applaud every effort that Dallas put in, but Austin really deserved to win that game, and I think they really owned the entirety of that game. Whether or not it was close or not, I think it was Austin's game to lose from the start, and they proved that. Came out, won the game, and they really did everything that they needed to do. They defended well for the most part. Uh, they weren't giving up stupid turnovers. Uh, they had a lot better chances, for what I saw at least. Uh, but that's what you expect from the two best teams in the league in Austin and LAFC. Um, I can't wait to see these two Titans absolutely butt heads in this final. Mm-hmm. It's expected to get chippy, expect it to be dirty. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be a score fest at the same time, I'm sure, because these two teams have finally found their offense at the right time. I'm expecting two very explosive finals, and I cannot wait for this weekend's matches. I do kind of want to say something possibly a little contrarian, which is strange for me. I'm usually not very much a contrarian, but um, in MLS Next Pro, the final was the first East seed versus the first web seed. It was Crew 2 versus us. Um, it looks like we've got both first seeds still in their semis. It looks like it could go to the two first seeds in the final, um, which is I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. They're first seeds for a reason. They were the best teams through the whole season. But it's a little anticlimactic after how topsy-turvy everything felt last year. Oh, I I agree with Mm. you 100%. I'm hoping for an Austin final, uh, Austin against Union in the final because Austin, they didn't get the one seed, but they seem to have been the better team throughout the entirety of the season. Um, in the West, at least, and the Union. I think Austin was the better team down the stretch than I think Austin had a better overall season than LAFC. I think LAFC had a couple more lower patches than Austin did. They just had higher highs than Austin did. Well, you know, it every year you have um, you know, March Madness, and no matter what else happens, very, very rarely do you get someone below like a three seed in the finals. 
it, it happens, but normally you're at the top seeds eventually make it to the finals. That doesn't make the rest of the tournament any less fun. And I think the same thing will happen this year. It's the same. There have been a lot of really fun games. So if it ends up being, you know, Union versus LAFC, that doesn't bother me at all. That's an absolutely valid point. Yeah, absolutely. I still want to see Austin play Philly because I think that'd oh, yeah. be the most fun final to watch. Uh, because if it's the Union against LAFC, it's it's gonna be one sided attack, and then out out of nowhere, Philly's gonna catch him on a break and win the game. I want to see Austin against the Union because I think that'd be a fun back and forth match all game. Actually, um, I'm as as I'm scrolling through my phone and constantly updating my news as we record, as one does. Uh, we have some breaking news. I just got. The article from The Athletic, uh, speaking of postseason specifically, it looks like we have a leak of a proposed postseason change to the format for next season. And it looks like they're moving to eight teams per conference, potentially, and then also going with a World Cup style, meaning it'd be uh, two groups, uh, two groups of four per conference, and they'd play a round robin style. And then the top two teams from each group move on to then another playoff. Uh, and it looks like this is potentially just to try to maximize the number of games that they can get out of this Apple TV deal. As The Athletic has stated, they're looking to try to get to 30 games for the postseason total. As of right now, they only have 13. Um, this is big news. This is huge. Uh, we won't know for sure. And we won't also know if it's accepted or not until I believe it's the owners meeting next month. But this is still a, a, a bit of a major shakeup when it comes to MLS postseason formats. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the article now. Um, this change would have to be approved at uh, the next scheduled meeting for the MLS Board of Governors, which is in mid-November. So not not even a month from now. But um, the leak just hit 15 minutes ago from when we're speaking. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it would. it's basically it's yeah, it's World Cup. It's it's uh, group stages and then knockouts um, is the proposed change. I the yeah, we'll have more to say on this as more comes out, but I don't like it at first blush. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Uh, Mike picked a Mike picked a bad day to take off. <laughs> I think it'd be a great. I think it'd be a fun format at at first look. Um, just because I mean we're we're not it's it, we're really the only team that has play only league that has playoffs that's not named Liga MX anyway. So like it's kind of our thing to have playoffs. We may as well just make the playoff more more uh, similar to what you know the world playoff is. Um, but again, I think we'll get into this a little bit more next week, especially once Mike has a chance to chime in and give his opinion. Um. But also, we won't know for sure if this is actually what's being proposed or actually what's going to happen until that meeting happens. Um, yeah, this is but from I think the athletic. Least... It's it's mm. it's Sam Stashkal and Pablo Mora. Sam Stashkal has been quite reliable. The athletic as a whole has been quite reliable with these sources. So I would not be surprised that this was not at least proposed. Whether it gets accepted or not, I don't know. But I've got I've got confidence that this has this was an idea that th- this is an idea that is being considered. Honestly, I mean, it, it, bef- without saying too much more on the topic, because 
we do have other things we want to get to. Um, I, 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 we had all kind of thought that they were going to go to at least eight teams in the playoffs once they hit 16 teams per, per conference, which they're almost about to do, if not already. Um, so we knew a, a playoff change was coming. We just didn't think it was going to be this. Uh, I think that is pretty unanimous to say is I don't think anyone expected that to be proposed. I expected an expanded playoff, but yeah, not not group stages. Well, we'll see how this rolls out. Um, speaking of group stages, though, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of U.S. men's national team update. I'm just going to kind of blitz through this so that, uh, you know, we don't keep you guys listening and we don't start. We don't keep, you know, bugging in your ear for too long. Um, but the MLS camp. The MLS base players camp has begun. Uh, players are filtering in as their postseasons end. Uh, there is no guarantee that a place in this camp means a place on the plane. There's also no guarantee that a place not in this camp means you're not on the plane. Um, but as of right now, players at this camp include Gaga Slonina, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, DeAndre Edlin, Walker Zimmerman, Christian Roldan, uh, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, and Jordan Morris. Um I'm sh- I'm assuming that as soon as the playoffs are done for whichever team they play for, Sean Johnson and Kellen Acosta are going to join this group. Um, we might see a couple more added in. It it all depends, but I'm not sure, you know, if anyone else outside of those two names is going to be added to this. Although I would have liked to have seen Brendan Vasquez be added to it, but that's beside the point. Um, but yes, the camp has begun. Uh, that's the MLS base team, you know, guys on the team. Getting over into Europe, we have a little bit of good news. Uh, Ricardo Pepe has found his scoring touch yet again. He now has six goals on the season, including a brace just a couple of games ago. Gio Reyna finally finds the score sheet yet again after starting, and he is routinely playing long games and going deep into like the 60th and 70th minute for Borussia Dortmund. And on scoring that goal, he absolutely could not contain his joy, collapsed on the pitch, and I guarantee you he cried into that grass as his teammates like, you finally did it, you're back. This is big. Gio is finally back. Um, Weston McKinney also finds his way onto the short score sheet. Um, looks like the big players in this in this squad are finally coming into form in the, just the right time, uh, except for maybe, you know, the likes of Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams, who had a bit of a clash of the Yanks over in the English Premier League. They played against Tim Ream and Jedi Robinson um, at at Fulham, but they dropped points. The uh, Major Major Leeds United dropped points and are now in a four-game skid. Uh, And I think my case for Tim Ream to be the partner for Walker Zimmerman starts to hold a little bit more water. Please call in the veteran. But that's beside the point. Greg, if you're listening, call in Tim. Um... The biggest thing here, though, is the keepers are all on point. All four U.S. keepers, the top four keepers, that's uh, Matt Turner, that's Zach Steffen, that's Ethan Horvath, and Sean Johnson. All four of them put in a clean sheet this week. All four of them held a clean sheet. Steffen kept it clean, but he was the only one to get a draw. Everyone else won. But that's still great to see. All the keepers are on point. The attackers are coming into form. And and the players that lost, they still managed to put in a good performance. So I'm very happy with where this national team is standing. Um, 
we'll get more into that as the roster comes in and we can start getting in depth into form on those guys as we get closer to the World Cup, which again is only about, by the time you're listening to this, probably um, pantomimes looking at my hand that does not have a watch <laughs> again. Uh, 25 days now, I think it is. We're it was 25 close. days earlier today, so yeah. Ah, uh, so it will uh, probably <laughs> be about 23 days by the time you listen to yeah. this podcast. Hor- Horvath and Turner got playing time? <laughs> uh, yes, they not just got playing time, they put in clean sheets. <laughs> Matt Turner has seemed to have been the uh, goalie of choice when it comes to Europa League games for Arsenal, and he has done absolutely fabulously in that regard. Well, that is good news because I expected him to be a bench rider. So, yes, uh, glad I'm that, glad that to is see at least not the case time. in Europa League. Yeah. If nothing else, they are getting time. They are putting in good minutes and they are playing well as they are getting the minutes. Um, that's all I have for USMNT. That's all I have for MLS. So, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Chris, our, our resident drummer friend, and have him tell us about the NWSL playoffs. Yes, thank you. So, this weekend was the league semifinals um both portland and san diego played in the early game and the oil rain played the casey current in the later game and um we had a late finish last week in the nwsl we had a late finish this past weekend in el trafico and a little bit of a spoiler we're gonna have a really late finish this weekend too uh, the first game of the weekend was the Portland Forens versus the San Diego Wave. It started off fast with a goal in the eighth minute with Taylor Kornacek scoring off of an Alex Morgan cross for San Diego, putting them up one to nothing. But Portland got back really early soon afterwards in the 20th minute with from just an amazing volley from Raquel Rodriguez from the edge of the box into the top corner. Just, just a really beautiful goal. And then soon afterwards, Kornacek had another chance just right in front of the goal, but um, puts it right at Billa Bixby, who makes a few, who made a few other good saves in the first half. It really looks like this was going to be just a high-paced back-and-forth game. And then they came out for the second half, and it was actually pretty quiet. Instead, um, at first, for the first about 30 minutes of the second half, but then at about the 75th minute, Portland kind of started to rack up the chances. They got about three really good ones, but three of them were shaved by Carolyn Sheridan for San Diego. But then, um, tell me if you've heard this before, in the 93rd minute, a corner is punched out and falls to Crystal Dunn, who once again puts a great volley from the edge of the box into the top corner. So we've had a lot a lot of repeat themes, but in the very end, uh, Portland wins uh two to one and move on to the finals which is pretty standard for them yeah this is a an unsurprising result for portland who have kind of dominated the nwsl (laughs) yeah not making the finals is a disappointing season for them at this point but then we had in the other game uh another quick start between oh i hate calling them ol rain it's seattle you know yeah. they've got they've, they've got that partnership, but it's it's just weird to say. I honestly, but, uh, the I the OL thinking that stand oh. for. I keep Olympique, thinking it's Orlando. They have a Me they too. have a partnership with Olympique Lyon of France. Ah, um, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But, but uh, still, Sean, I also yeah. keep thinking that it's Orlando. But no, Orlando has a team, don't they? And uh, yes, yes, the Pride. Yeah, that's right, the Orlando Pride. 
So for the game between the improperly named team from Seattle and the KC Current, it was another quick start with Alexis Loreo scoring in the fourth minute. Um, Cecilia Kaiser for Kansas City made a few really good moves and got in deep. And then the ball was taken from her. And then the rain just kind of let it pinball around in the box instead of really trying to clear it with any urgency. Um, that's how the ball lined up at Loreo's feet. And uh, she slots it in. Everyone then, loves a good mixer, right? Yeah. Um, but then uh, the 26th minute, the rain got a really good chance. Um, Megan Rapino crossed the ball in the box to Jordan Huitima, but A.D. French, who I said a lot of last week, I'm going to say her name a few times again this week, she made a great save. And then again in the second half in the 56th minute, um, stopping another shot that came off of a cross from Megan Rapino. Uh, there's a, and she made a few other great saves this game too. So the NWSL doesn't give out a playoff MVP award, but if they were to, I think I would give it to AD French from the KC Current, especially if she has a good game in the finals. Seems uh, to be just, shaping up that way. <laughs> she's I, both of these games. I didn't, she didn't single handedly win it for the KC Current, but she made some amazing stops that put him in a great position. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. She's right? been incredible. It's, it's tough to give an MVP award to a goalie because they can't win the game they can only not lose it no but um but you have to kind of judge that wins as it comes. championships yeah you got a good goal you got a good defense you can win I'm, a championship in any <laughs> league in this country i'm not saying the thinking is correct i'm just saying that's the popular thinking yeah but after those rounds of saves, uh, Kristen Hamilton for the Casey Current puts the game up 2 nothing in the 63rd minute. Uh, taking a shot, just another ball. The rain defense didn't handle well. Just They did not do a good job of clearing it off when it was in danger this game, and they paid for it twice. Uh, they did show one other chance in the 74th minute when a corner almost, really almost goes in, but it's clear off the line by Desiree Scott and... That was really their last chance. The last 20 or so minutes of the game went by without a threat. And the KC Current win and go to the finals in their first year of existence. Yeah. Um, Absolutely lovely. Shout out to KC Current uh, coming together as an expansion team and putting together a solid campaign showing that uh, the recurring there's a recurring theme that I've noticed in uh Amer- in in US soccer honestly the last few years is that the expansion teams either have a bad first year and then an amazing second year or they're amazing the first year and then are just kind of around in that conversation constantly uh like look at the KC Current they're making a they made it to the finals in their first year um LAFC's been around the conversation the entire time since they came around uh Atlanta United Charlotte yet the jury's yeah. still out on them Austin FC it's it's a real thing the expansion teams are becoming a problem in a good way I do want to say um, I do hope that the Casey current don't get Vegas golden knighted here because um, uh, as much as I don't like Casey I do like the Casey current and I think that it's good to have an NWSL team this close to St. Louis because I think that maybe it'll put some pressure on us to get us one too. But, mm. um, <laughs> uh, but also it seems like this is a really good team and, um, but they're going up against like the juggernaut. Right. Mm. So I'm worried that like they put all the eggs in one basket and they're going to get Vegas golden knighted and really 
not have much for the next season, which would be a real bummer because I know that the NWSL is not as uh, it's not as financially stable as like the NHL, which in the big four is like the most financially unstable. I don't know if they could really support like a team going this hard in and then losing constantly and not having a lot of money. So I'm worried about that. But I've got hope in this team on the pitch. Yeah, I I hate to say anything nice about any team from Kansas City, but this this is impressive. Good for them. So y'all um, y'all are final... attacking me by saying this. I am being I am actively being done a disservice by y'all attacking Sean, KC like this. Sean, you're more from St. Louis than I am. <laughs> I mean, this is also true, but at the same time, like, I mean. Casey's what introduced me into American soccer proper. I cannot discount that. Sean, you're really sounding like a guy who like moved away from his college town but can't get over his college time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I could get over my college time for <laughs> sure. Living in Kansas City though was actually very wonderful. But that's a different episode for a different podcast. All right, so the finals between the Portland Thorns and that team from that other city, Missouri, that we don't like will be this Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. And uh, the NWSL has their finals at a predetermined site. So this will be played at Audi Field in Washington, D.C. I mentioned The NWSL Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And I mentioned this mentioned the uh, attendance last week because the NWSL outdrew every MLS game. This weekend, they didn't quite beat the MLS, but they did outdraw both of the Eastern Conference games. Uh, they were And they were close with the Western Conference games. Both of the Western Conference games outdrew the game in Portland by about 500 people. It was, wow. it was very close. And um, one final note on women's soccer we brushed up on last week. The SLU women's team won their senior day game against St. Joseph 4-0. Four to, four to and so that puts them squarely as the Atlantic 10 Conference regular season champions, and they will begin the conference tournament. The conference tournament is played at uh, school sites, so the first game will be this Saturday at Herman Stadium, 1 p.m. versus Loyola Chicago. So if you want to play a little bit of soccer before going to the full kit wanker party, it's a good good uh, opportunity for you. And if you've been to, uh, if you went to early, uh, St. Louis City two te- uh, games, you're familiar with Herman, so mm. absolutely. And it's a it's a nice spot to watch a soccer game. Too. Yeah, it's I, a I really like the surrounding actually. area. Very yeah. good stadium to watch a soccer game in, for, especially for a college team. Yeah, mm. I I don't want to throw any shade on Ralph Cordy. I liked watching games at Ralph Cordy too, but Herman was a really nice stop, a uh, really nice spot. Um, I'm from Edwardsville, and I accept any and all Edwardsville slander. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Noted. And I I guess that's everything we've got, unless anyone has any last minute thoughts. I think that's me done. Is that you guys done? That's all we've got written. For our uh, beloved but absentee host, Mike Turner, I'm your producer, Mason. I'm your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And until another sponsorship deal comes along, I'm my name is Chris. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.